listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome once again to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you're listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on the program, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most, and we invite you, parents, listeners, to listen in on our conversations. And in doing so, we hope that you'll gain insight and wisdom, maybe some courage, maybe some inspiration to have these conversations with your own kids. And so on today's program, we are talking about integrity, talking about what it is and who has it and how you get it. And here with us are two wonderful kids of great integrity from, um, well, I'll let them tell you where they're from. Go ahead and tell us your name and where you go to school. I'm Kira, and I'm from Bishop Hartley High School. And I'm Cameron, and I'm also from Bishop Bishop Hartley High School. Bishop Hartley, (laughs) churning out the kids with good integrity. (laughs) So great. Thank you guys for being here. Let's start off by talking about, by defining integrity. What is it? What do you think of when you hear that word? I would say it's more defined as standing up for the right thing, even if you're standing alone. Okay. Yeah, being firm in your convictions and your beliefs, you're not being swayed. I would also add to that that you're doing that even when nobody knows you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're not going to be rewarded for it, you're not going to be in trouble for not doing it. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, so good. We're on the same page. We can go ahead with the program. That's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) So how does one become a person of integrity? Uh, I think that a lot of it has to stem from having a strong conviction and then whether that comes early on in life or later, I feel that, you know, you really have to know like what you believe and you have to understand you have to you can't be ready to just give it up for the smallest thing. You know, you really have to have a firm root in your beliefs. Yeah, I would say having a very firm root in your faith and really knowing your core values and when you're staying in the face of adversity, really, really just sticking to those um, no matter what's at hand. Do you think integrity is something you can learn or something you can practice or or is it just sort of built in? I think in some ways it's both. I think as a person, we're built with special qualities to each one of us. And I think some people do have more integrity than others. However, I think when we go through certain situations as humans, we learn and we are given opportunities to have integrity and to um, build in situations where we can have more integrity. And sometimes those situations where we don't have integrity mm-hmm. <laughs> and notice. we get burned, yeah, th- then that kind of forms us to be people of integrity. Yeah. yeah, you can feel, you know, what you've done and you can just understand that this isn't right, you know, what, right. what's happened. Yeah, that or even taking it one step further, you you get in trouble for an action, you know, mm-hmm. or you you know that your action has consequences and sometimes that's such a... A hard lesson learned. (laughs) Um, Do you think people are confused about what integrity is or how to have integrity? Um, I honestly think that it has to, I think that it can be confusing, especially if you overthink, you know, what's, what, what is you're being asked to do. I think that, you know, as humans, we're obviously going 
to make mistakes, but we have to also understand that it's really the simple idea of good and bad that we should be swayed to. You know, you can tell the difference between good and bad without being taught. And so, so when you say overthink, are you talking about like, like talking yourself into something or, or finding loopholes or what do you mean by overthink exactly? I I think that, you know, we're constantly trying to do so much good that we can almost become adverse to it. You know, like we can say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too much effort. Ah, I got you. And then, you know, by having just a simple understanding of, you know, what's good and bad, you know, God made us perfect. Why should we have to try harder than we have to, you know? Wow. That's something to ponder. (laughs) (laughs) Starting off right. That's right. That's right. Uh Uh-oh. Well, um, I think... There's not necessarily a blurred image of integrity. However, I think sometimes we all, I mean, we all want to be a person of integrity, but I think sometimes we want to change the definition to fit our lifestyle or to fit the things that we want to do. And in that, we kind of misuse the word integrity, and maybe that's where the blurred line could be seen. Okay. What 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 do you think contributes to that? Like, are there cultural norms or cultural pressures that cause us to kind of blur that line or is it just something we do instinctively i think culture has some things to do with it you know the fads of the moment really sometimes take over and we want to just be hip with everyone and really just want to be in and i think sometimes peer pressure also has things sometimes peer pressure also has things to do with that and i think that can really sway someone as well yeah society is a huge part of you know what you can believe and how you believe it Mm -hmm. yeah and can skew sort of your understanding of like Cameron you were saying we know good and we know bad like Mm -hmm. we know right we know wrong but there are clearly forces trying to tell us otherwise you know trying to confuse us and sway (laughs) us otherwise um I thought it was cool to to ponder the fact that integrity has the same root as the word integer which is a whole number um, and, and I think it's helpful to view integrity as wholeness and um, being a big Harry Potter fan, this, uh, <laughs> this analogy, you know where I'm going with yeah. this? So Lord Voldemort, and I know not everybody's a big Harry Potter fan, but this is a great analogy. So the baddest of the bad guys in Harry Potter, Voldemort, splits his soul. And every time he splits his soul, he becomes less and less human Mm -hmm. literally you know physically Mm -hmm. and emotionally and in every possible way he be he becomes less and less human so i um i was thinking about you know in terms of integrity and i wonder if compromising our integrity doesn't kind of do the same thing to us in a sense you know god created us to be cameron you were talking about the the people that god created us to be the perfect creations that god created us to be when we compromise our integrity that it lessens that it lessens our perfection, so to speak. Um, so it's beautiful. Well, thank you, yeah, thank you, Harry Potter, for life lessons. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, moving on. What are some situations in which teenagers are tempted to compromise their integrity? Uh, definitely trying to fit in. You know, it's you can say all you want that oh you know i don't mind being living on the edge and all this stuff but there's going in my opinion there's constantly going to be a part of you that wants to be accepted you know to be loved and that's just human nature and so i think that trying to fit in is where the most 
challenging moments will come. You know, that's when you'll really have to say, you know, do I want to be a part of what they're doing? Do I want them to like me? Do I want to be loved? Or do I want to hold strong in my beliefs and values? Mm. So what are... Oh, go ahead, Kira. No, I was just... I completely agree with him. And in that, I think we find ourselves trying to please other people a lot. And I think in trying to find other... Pleasing other people, we really can find ourselves compromising the things that we stand for. So what are some things that that we do, that teenagers do specifically, although almost everything that applies to teenagers applies to adults too, as it turns <laughs> out, but specifically things that teenagers will do to fit in that ends up compromising who they are. Got any good examples? Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and is that, is that, is that a big reason why teenagers get involved in drugs to fit in? Or is it to, is it more like to numb pain or is it more to get, you know, just enjoy the experience or. I think, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of curiosity surrounding that topic of drugs. And I think that, you know, it's not just one reason. A huge part of it most likely is, you know, they want to fit in and they want people to view them as cool. And we've been taught by the media that that sort of lifestyle is cool and, you know, hip and fashionable. But I also think that people are, we're, you know, there's such there's such a negative context around drugs that there's like a natural curiosity to experience it. And in doing so, that's when they could join into, you know, oh, this is what being cool is, you know. I've been taught that it's cool. I've never experienced it. I want to try it because I'm curious. And now to find out that that is how, you know, like I per- I perceive being, or you know, like that's how I view being cool. Hmm. I think sometimes it has a lot to do with the people you're surrounded with. And if you're surrounded constantly by people who um, source themselves in that, then you're naturally going to be persuaded to source yourself in that as well. And, yeah, I really just think if you surround yourself with a different group of people um, that sources themselves in positive things, then you're obviously going to be swayed to source yourself in those things. So I really just think it's really the atmosphere that you surround yourself with. I I think another really good – I mean, I – as I was thinking this through, I was thinking of a number of dis- situations in which teenagers feel compelled to compromise their integrity. But one of them that I think is really rampant right now is cheating, um, mm-hmm. whether academically or whether, you know, in sports with performance enhancers or, you know, I mean, just across the board mm-hmm. cheating. I mean, do you agree that it's epidemic oh yeah 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 Yeah. i think it's just really we have this thing in ourselves where we just want to please people and i think that really comes out um academically sports and relationships and everything that we do because there's always someone we're trying to please whether it's our parents or our coaches or our um our significant others anything we're just trying to really please people because we all have that deep inside ourselves even if you don't want to admit Mm. it um i really i strongly believe that it's not just within ourselves that's a problem because a lot of people are being told at this age, you know, at the age of teens, that you have to get these grades in order to do this. You have to do this, you know, you have to be this good at a sport in order to make money. You have to do all these things to be successful. And I think it's putting so much pressure not on our core values but on, you know, what you have to do to get to your best possible area, you know, the best part of your life. And in doing so, people will compromise their integrity and their beliefs because 
we've been taught, you know, this is how you have to get to where you need to be in life. And I, I just, it's really, it's really troublesome. Does technology make it easier to cheat? I guess you would say in some ways it does. Um, as far as school goes, at Bishop Hartley, we all have iPads. Um, so I think sometimes it's really a big temptation for people to slide um, their screen to go from like their tests they're taking to their notes they have on the next page. Oh, wow. That's yeah. really easy. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and things like that, I think it does make it a lot easier. And there's an unlimited amount of information on the internet where we can get right. for things like sports and um, school and really anything. Um, and so I think when we source some of that information, it also compromises ourselves. In that. The reason I was asking that is because I was thinking about, and, and I don't know, maybe you have other um, scenarios in which when you remove obstacles, it's easier to compromise your integrity. And I was thinking about that in terms of parents, you know, who are trying to help their kids be people of integrity. Is there a lesson to be learned about putting up obstacles? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know if you know what I'm asking, but are there obstacles that parents can put up in their kids' lives to help keep them on the right path um i think there's a very fine distinct line between putting up obstacles because then there you can you know, come up with a scenario in which they're sick of you know having to fight against it and then in that way they will try even harder you know being t- being told no you end up wanting to do something more but i also think that people will cheat no matter what you know there will always be if you somebody is intending to do something wrong you cannot stop them. You know, it's, it's, it's their human, you know, they're driven by their human will, like the will of themselves that if they want to do something, they will come up with a way no matter how to accomplish that goal. And, but if it's the case of a teenager and a parent, like, like if your friends are like the devil on your shoulder, but your mom is the angel on your shoulder and you know, okay, I have a curfew. So for example, let's use curfew as an example of an obstacle. Mm-hmm. I have a curfew. My friends want me to go to this midnight showing of a movie I'm not supposed to see or whatever, but I have to get home from my curfew or the consequences are going to be like, am I just being idealistic or or are there <laughs> things that parents can do to help their kids make good decisions? Oh, I think absolutely there's things they can do and there's yeah. guidelines that can be put in order um, to help them. And it might seem like it's... Um, really strenuous and hurting us at first but i think eventually we'll learn but i think putting up an excess of obstacles is not going to help us in any way i think as humans we'll run into obstacles through our life no matter what and we're just going to have to learn from those situations ourselves Mm -hmm. so i don't think putting up an excess number of obstacles is necessarily going to help us but it might even end up straining our relationship with them so there's a fine line between expectations or guidelines or standards or whatever and just like throwing roadblocks up absolutely possible opportunity i also think it comes with the experience like you to understand that fine line you have to you know every household is different so you really it has to be um like based on your own family you know you can't have guidelines that one family has and expect them to work the same for you because we're all different and within families sometimes it's different for each kid you know Mm -hmm. if you've got a kid that you can really trust and you 
and then a kid who's, <laughs> who's really not proven himself. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and that can actually create a lot of friction in families. Mm-hmm. Too. Why are the rules different for so-and-so? Well, yeah. Yeah. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and we're here with Cameron and Kira today, and we're talking about integrity. Um, okay, so just a couple of other examples of of things that are common that might compromise integrity, but maybe kids don't even realize. So I was thinking about pirating, specifically pirating music okay. or pirating. Mm-hmm. Um, what's wrong with it? Does it compromise integrity? Is there a fine line? I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I feel like it's very relevant to our age. I think everyone um, is constantly um, kind of tempted by that because as teenagers, you know, all of us have jobs and things like that. So money is not always easy for us, especially when um, we're becoming more dependent on it and on ourselves. And so I think in that it's easy for us if we can find a loophole into getting the things that we want, then we're going to use it. Exploit it, yeah. And that's another example of how Technology makes it so easy to just take what you want, you know. Right. And, I mean, throwing ops, op, op, obstacles is sort of pointless because <laughs> you guys can get around those technological obstacles right. so easily. But yeah, and there's also, you know, because there are some things where people will say, feel free to copy this for whatever you, XYZ use, you can't resell it, you know. So I think people do a lot of justifying why they're copying something, why they're pirating something, and what the purpose is. But mm-hmm. it's usually pretty clear. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Whether or not <laughs> don't want right. to spend money. Yeah. 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 Um, lying, I think, maybe is another good example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though it's the eighth commandment, you know, thou shalt not do it. <laughs> we We find it easy to sort of tweak that and justify it and I don't know. What are your yeah. thoughts on I that? I mean, in today's society, it's so easy to spread rumors and gossip about people, no matter you know where they are, where you are, just how we're all so connected socially. And so, you know, it, there is, it's obviously, you know, wrong. <laughs> but I think that we, like you said, you know, we try and find loopholes and we justify that, oh, this is okay because, you know, for whatever reason, they are being a bad person or whatever, so right. I'm allowed to spread these rumors and it once again just comes down to the basic understanding that you know integrity is not doing bad no matter you know what somebody else is doing or in retribution or anything like that that's a really good point because that's a that's a such a uh, prominent way that we justify mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. relaxing our values is what you know if yeah. somebody deserves it or whatever yeah. yeah 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 i would say as far as lying goes with parents and things like that i think then again, like we're constantly wanting to please our parents, even if, you know, we come home, we have a ton of homework and they give us a chore list and we're just trying to get things done. And they ask you if you did something and you're like, yeah, just because you want to please them. Mm-hmm. Not always. I mean, you don't want to lie to them. No one wants to really lie to their parents. I don't think that's a. So sometimes we lie to please. Sometimes we lie to get out of trouble. Right, sometimes right. we lie to make ourselves look better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The temptation is so great. Um, and then the, the most the most obvious one, I think, or maybe one of the most destructive opportunities that kids have to compromise their integrity is in regard to our super sexualized, hyper sexualized culture. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the problem here is that our culture has created gray areas 
regarding an issue that, that really ought to be pretty black and white. Um, but you see kids asking the question like, how far is too far? Or how far can I go? You know, mm-hmm. and, and even just asking that question for compromising their integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know, is, is there a better question to ask? Is there a better way yeah. to see that scenario? I think as far as relationships goes with teenagers, I think we should be asking ourselves, how can we help them to heaven? How can we help them to seek the Lord? I think we should, as people, um, just bury ourselves so deeply in the Lord that they have to seek him first before they seek us. I love that quote. Mm-hmm. When you tell that quote to a teenage girl, she always goes, "Oh, It's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're right, Kira. Like, who is this person I'm dating? Do I really care about this person? And if mm-hmm. so, how can I protect and defend his or her dignity and purity? And yeah, but we do. We live in a culture that that tells us push the envelope as far as you can, you know. Well, I mean, you know, we once again, we were forced. We've been force fed this since a very young age through every facet of our life, you know, social media, just through television media or anything like that. But it's. I think the problem is is that it's so rampant because we're constantly viewing it. And as we, you know, when you first view something of like a sensitive nature that's inappropriate or something, you kind of turn away and you realize this isn't right. But then you, the more and more you see it, the less it becomes a large deal to you, you know, the less you realize it, that it's You get sort of right. numb to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Boy, we can think of a million examples yeah. of that. Um Okay, so when teenagers compromise their integrity or when teenagers sin, mm-hmm. um, even if nobody else finds out about it, does it affect their ability to feel loved by God, either consciously or even subconsciously? It definitely hinders their relationship with him. Um, in what way, Kira? I would just say in the fact that we, as humans, we're inclined to sin, you know, by original sin. And just in doing so, especially... Um, doing it consciously um, we're doing that no you know knowing that we're offending him and doing it anyway and i think that really just hurts him as a as a being and really just um, kind of makes him sad just from the immense love that he has for us the fact that we're just kind of pushing it away and i think any person would be sad um, to know that they have their love being pushed away by someone else yeah i feel like um you know you said does it hinder us, you know, emotionally or mentally? But I think what we have to understand is that we will never be less loved by God. You know, he will always love us exponentially. And that I think we feel like, oh, God doesn't love me anymore because it's almost as we're trying to justify that we don't love him as much, you know? So mm-hmm. it sounds much worse when you say, oh, I don't love God than saying God doesn't love me. <laughs> it does sound a lot worse. <laughs> what kind of person are you? Yeah. 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 Do you think then uh, once we've sort of separated ourselves like that from God, we just keep going away from him? You know, just, I don't know whether it's out of shame or out of fear or out of doubt or out of, I would say in some ways we just feel ashamed um, just in the fact that we've let him down. Um, But I think a good way to kind of redeem ourselves, well, not kind of, redeem ourselves is through confession. And I think in confession we can find a lot of peace for the things that we've done wrong. 
and really in that, just kind of learn from our mistakes and um, really move on from those, you know. And put our soul back together. Put all the pieces of our soul back <laughs> and be fully human again. Anything to add to that, Cameron? Um, you know, I think, you know, Kira explained it really well, but I also think that, and yeah, confession is definitely the best way. And I personally, whenever I go into confession, it's completely different than how I come out. I come out, you know, rejuvenate, rejuvenated and revitalized. And even if you go in thinking, oh, this is just some weird man in a bathrobe, that's, <laughs> you know. I hope you never go to confession. Even if that's how it is, there is a sort of, there is definitely a piece that you can, you know, feel as you leave that you just know, you know, God is still there for me and he will always be there for me. Totally unrelated, but not. Did you see the video of the Pope going to confession? No. Okay, so the Pope, Pope Francis, <laughs> was getting ready to go hear confessions, and they're leading him to his confessional, you know, and he's like, wait a minute, of course, like he always does, and takes a detour and goes over to face conf- face-to-face confession with this priest who must have been like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. (laughs) And then I was thinking, I wonder how many reporters were like, what did he say? What did he say? You know? Oh yeah. Sorry. Can't tell you. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, that's not related to integrity, but it is related to integrity. Obviously, you know, even the Pope goes to Mm -hmm. reconciliation to, to be whole again and to be renewed and to be forgiven. So um, I just wanted to quote, Josh McDowell, actually, he's a he's a mega evangelist. I don't know if you know who he is, um, fundamentalist Christian. But he said the most, and I want to I want to leave our parents with this thought because I think it's really important. The most powerful impact upon a child's ethical, moral, and spiritual development is the relationship with the parents. It's three hundred times greater than the church, and I think it's so important to remember that. Like. It, it, you know, even though our church, you know, holds the fullness of truth and all the holiness and all the power, our parents have to lead us there. And our parents have to trust, you know, rather than send us off to church for an hour a week and trust that that's going to take care of it. Um, we have to live by example and we have to, to guide our children. Um, so that's all the time we have. We wanted to thank Cameron and Kira for being with us today. And parents, uh, until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com.